0: Well, folks, on the heels of the Jordan-Asset situation, it feels like there is a shift going on in NIL policy in college football from the top decision makers. They're going to Congress. They're doing different things. We're going to talk about all of that today, how this reflects back on the jordan Addison situation and what we can relate it to specifically with Pitt and how this can maybe help Pitt moving forward. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Addison situation, kind of tie up some loose ends And that is all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pit. Our Locked on Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairball. And if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all those great things. If you are listening to this, make sure you leave or you feedback. Cannot make the show as good as possible without all of you guys and hearing what you want. But folks, I do want to talk a little bit about the actual state of college football and specifically the response that we've seen to the Jordan acid situation, because I I think it's a fascinating study to to see this actually cost up and, and kind of roll up a storm almost. It's not just, you know, pit fans that are mad. This is a national story that has really kind of shook the foundation of college football and where it's at right now. And it feels like there's a shift happening and there could be a change coming. And this is where I think we have to start talking about different things and what's going on. Because we have heard in recent reporting by Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated, who has done a great job covering this, that NIL is going to do a few things. First of all, they are 100% going to enforce all the bylaws they have right now written, and they're going to do it retroactively. And that's obviously a huge thing. It's not going to bring back a player, for example, but it is going to try and discourage that. You're also going to see the PAC-12 and SEC commissioners go to Congress and come against NIL a little bit, right? And so they are working with Congress to try and get something to go here. But let's understand as well that there is a type of atmosphere around student-athletes right now where they are borderline employees, and it, it's going to kind of tip one way or the other. And it's probably going to be the question of, well, does Congress actually come in and try to curtail this, or do they rather kind of lean back and say, okay, we're going to let you on your own. We're going to let you do this by yourself and you're going to do whatever you do. And I think that's going to be the question of, okay, do we have to recognize them as employees or okay, maybe there is more guardrails, not that we put up as the NCA, but actually we get from the federal government. Like this is what we are talking about here. And so certainly there's going to be a lot of changes, certainly at that. And so you put, that Hail Mary on on NIL legislation to come through as well. And then you kind of get the big news that college leaders are coming to crack down on these NIL collectives. And I think this is what we have to talk about here. I, I think this is the big thing. You know, I think that you look at, okay, there's pay for play. And then there is NIL. And let's not conflate these two, Right. NIL is specifically name, image, and likeness, and, and we know what this is supposed to be. You could sell your jersey, you can sign autographs, you can do charity events, uh, you could do all this different stuff. It's for a it's for an exchange of goods and services. So this is what NIL is, right? It is not say, okay, I just pay you, I just pay you three million dollars and I don't get anything in return. There's supposed to be something in return for NIL deals. So, you are supposed to actually have something in return. So, if we're talking about Jordan Anderson here, and he is getting paid by this USC collective or booster or whatever, you know, the booster that is affiliated with USC or multiple boosters that are affiliated with USC and working essentially not, they're not on them. It is not an official affiliation, but it is an affiliation in a lot of ways. And so you kind of see this third-party involvement as kind of the specter of what everything is going around right now with Jordan Addison. It is not USC specifically, so it's not like eh, maybe maybe it did happen, but we don't have any proof that a USC coach called up Jordan Addison before he entered the portal and said, "Hey, I'm going to offer you you know three million dollars in a house, and we'll get that through a collective." We we don't have any evidence that you know you see a coach coming in or an administrator coming in or something like that, where we get that offer to Addison. What we do think happens and likely what has been happening, not just with Addison, but with a lot of situations that we've heard about, you know, with Xavier Worthy and Zay Flowers. And you heard all this stuff that's been happening recently in the NIL kind of world is that a lot of these collectives and boosters are coming through back channels and trying to, kind of conjure up the money to, to get these players to come. But the coaching staff, they, they aren't involved in that. And by that, I mean, they aren't involved in, okay, I directly reached out to Jordan Addison. It's not what happens. And so the big thing to look at here, and what really needs to happen, is somehow getting away from this heavy third-party involvement that really puts an onus on the money, pay-for-play type of style. This is how you put a lot of this back in the bag, if you will. It's not easy to put it back in the bag. But the thing about I kind of look at with Addison and the situation that we have kind of surrounding everything here is that these third parties, these collectives, these boosters, however you want to call them, that aren't directly under the rules of tampering are exactly what's kind of happening here. And it definitely feels dirty, but it's not illegal. And we have to say that it's not illegal right now. But I think this is what the NCAA is kind of trying to get back in the the bag, if you will. And they think maybe we're able to do this. Maybe, you know, we can't take away transfer portal movement. We can't take away the one free time transfer portal. The portal is a good thing to let kids move wherever they want. We're definitely not getting rid of NIL. That's a positive thing for sure. And heck, even pay for play at its root is maybe not necessarily a bad thing. But what we do know is that we can't have... Tampering that is not name tampering yet because again, it's not a coach coming up to Jordan Addison. At least we don't think it's a coach coming up to Jordan Addison and it's very hard to prove that regardless. So we don't think a USC coach approached Jordan Addison. We think one of these collectives or boosters did. That's not necessarily directly, they're not on the USC payroll. They are not in name, the USC official booster or whatever. But they are working essentially on behalf of them. And they are working through back channels to say, hey, theoretically, Jordan, I could give you $3 million in a house and, and do all this. And this is what we're talking about with, with kind of, that's just one situation, but it's happened before with many others. And that's going to be what the NCAA is going to try to come down on. It's going to try and come down on third parties coming in and essentially dirtying up the market. So you won't be able to have these 10, 15 teams, you know, with the rich boosters come on behalf of them. And this is the important thing. This is what we need to talk about. This is what needs fixed. It's the third party involvement. It's the boosters. And I want to get into that a little bit more. But first, let me let you know about bar because folks, you know, summer is coming. We are in May already, and certainly you are going to want to be healthy fit and all of that and you want a protein bar that can help you achieve that well built bar can be that because not only does it have all the health benefits you want from a protein bar but it tastes absolutely phenomenal try the built bar puffs the first ever protein infused marshmallow and guess what it's covered in 100% real chocolate that is all built bars though that is not just the puffs. all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and folks here's the great thing about built bar not only do you get all of those deliciousness and different flavors that you get, you get all the health benefits, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. You have everything you could ever want here in Built Bar. So go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order at Bilt.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. podcast everybody as we are continuing to talk through some of these big kind of scenarios right and so when you kind of look at say someone such as Jordan Addison in this scenario you've been uh, reportedly as Narducci said you have been approached by multiple teams over different periods and you have fended them off and you have been, I wouldn't even say teams, collectives. Let's say collectives. And this is what the NCA has to do. This is what we're talking about. When we say tampering, it's not even tampering yet. Because this technically isn't tampering. And, and I want to make that key distinction. Tampering technically isn't a collective or a booster coming up to Jordan Addison and essentially saying, okay, we're going to come here and offer you whatever. Now, that's pay for play. It's not in the spirit of NIL. So how do you crack down on NIL collectives? Well, you you have to. Because the schools have to start, essentially what's going to have to happen is they are going to be liable of, and, and this is one thing that the NCAA has done in the past, you know, you are liable to what happens under your program. So Lincoln Riley is liable to what the USC Collective does, right? That's going to be what's happening here. And we've seen that happen before. You were liable to what your assistant coaches do. You were liable to what your players do. All of this stuff, you are liable to what happens under your team. If you were the head coach, you have to know what's going on and you have to be on it, right? We've seen this before happening in college football. And so you have to be knowing what your boosters are doing or your NIL collective is doing. Yes, they aren't even official, but obviously, you know, you are working with them in a lot of ways to get these players opportunities. You have your NIL department, you have your compliance department, you have all these different things trying to work through it with these collectives and boosters. And so what's going to need to happen here is that you're going to have to make sure you know what your boosters are doing, what your collective is doing. And we've heard this before that Lincoln Riley apparently didn't know about the Jordan Assen situation. And you can easily say, oh, that's naive. Well, under these new rules, it doesn't matter if he knew or not, right? He really could have not known. It, it is possible. You know, you've heard in that phone call, apparently he didn't know. That could be true. But if you're liable to, and this new third-party rule comes into play, it doesn't matter because you should be knowing what happens under your collective, under your boosters. This is going to be kind of how they're going to try and tie up some loose ends. So these programs like pick don't get rated every year, like Alabama or West Virginia, even right. Because again, none of that was tampering. Akeem Mesidor left West Virginia for Miami under very similar circumstances, but that's not tampering, right? Miami, their collective reached out. The collective that you know, kind of works with Miami reached out to Mesidor, and he took the opportunity. Xavier Worthy was probably reached out by another school's collective. Zay Flowers was reached out by another school's collective. Kenny Pickett was reached out to Notre, by Notre Dame's collective. It wasn't by the coaching staff. At least we don't think. If that happened with any of these situations, obviously wildly illegal but now these boosters and collectives having type of having that type of conversation between the guys are even in the portal that's what's going to become illegal and this is very important very important because honestly when you kind of look at what tampering is right now it's not wide enough it's tampering is you know an issue because it's going to hurt the competitive balance of the sport. It's going to hurt the enjoyment for fans. And that is the big thing here. How can you make the product in NIL both, in, both right for the players, but also enjoyable for fans? And so there's a middle ground here where the players can move freely, get plenty of NIL deals, but you can't do this. Right. If Jordan Aniston had entered the portal on his own will, we talked about this, hadn't entered the the portal on his own will and had been okay. I'm going to do that and I'm going to see what my best NIL offer is. Uh, That's a different story. Right. Uh, That is a completely different story. At that point, he's just trying to get as much money as he can. And there's really not an issue with that. But. If he's approached by collectives and boosters, well, that feels dirty. And that's not right. And this third-party involvement is what's going to have to be the focus of what the NCAA takes on. You can't let boosters just come in and run roughshod over all these smaller programs. And you have to put that, in my opinion, under the umbrella of tampering. It's not yet, but I think it has to be under there. The collectives and the boosters are working on behalf of these schools. And these, this is a huge loophole right now. It feels dirty because it is. It, you know, it doesn't feel right. It, it feels, especially as a fan of a team like Pitt, feels wrong. I mean, heck, Texas. is it, These schools are coming and trying to get guys from Texas. We're talking about a school with a large amount of money here with tons of resources in the NIL world, and they're still trying and essentially trying to raid each other. I mean, it's kind of just the Wild West on the collective booster market, and that's what needs to be curtailed here. You can't have the boosters being on edge and, and trying to go after these guys, these schools. So not monitoring the donors, not monitoring the boosters, not learning what your collective is doing. That's going to be big. And you have to bring sanctions against those. Because you're not getting a good and a service with some of these things, right? You're not doing that. You're masking NIL as pay for play. And that's the the key distinction here. Is that these boosters are coming into programs like Pitt from, you know pro in, the affiliate, in their affiliate with programs like USC and Miami and Alabama and all these different things. And it's not the coaching staff talking to, to these big players like Jordan Addison until they enter the portal proper. It's actually the boosters and the collectives coming in and playing dirty grub and essentially tampering while not tampering because while it is not tampering under the rules, I think it should be tampered. I think that's what the crux of this argument is, is that, you need to make boosters and collectives part of this umbrella that cannot do that. They cannot talk to these kids until they enter the portal. I think that's what needs to happen here. And I think that's what is going to be the key here to kind of mellowing this out. Now, we're very young into the NIL world. It's only 10 months old, but you know, you feel like something's going to find itself out. It's going to balance itself out at some point. But I think, I think it's not going to balance itself out super well without these third parties kind of just being more hands-off. And that's going to be what's going to have to happen here. I think that's what the NC is going to push for. I think it's smart, but it's not going to be easy either because I I think you're going to have to work federally to do it because I think you're going to get some lawsuits from these boosters. And I also think you're going to look at some of what you see Within this realm, and, and you know, it's going to be tough to put the cat back in the bag, metaphorically, if you say so. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be easy, but it's a fight, I think, that's going to have to happen for the betterment of the sport. All right, folks, I want to keep talking about this, but let me let you know first about BetOnline, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby Back. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. this uh, scenario here and now I kind of want to relate this back to Pitt a little bit Uh, we've talked about it a little bit and kind of the ways we can talk about it and the fact that we look at Jordan Addison and his situation as a few things you'll have guys that'll blame him and we've seen the reasoning of, of it's not about money. I think we all know largely it is about money. And it's completely okay for that to be the truth. Because, I mean, you need to come through in in some ways. And quite honestly, some dude comes offer me $3 million at a mansion in Southern California. And I don't know if I'm passing that up. That's for sure. Um, but, but I do kind of look at what I see and say... Addison situation and it doesn't happen in a world where these collectives and boosters can't come up and, and work through the back channels, right? Because that's what's happening here. And this is what's making college football so dirty right now and so tough for a team like Pitt to kind of compete in and feel really empowered. And that's the the crux of the issue. Like, like what do the what do the fans actually want here? And I think most of the fans, especially Pitt fans in particular, at least from Pitt fans I've talked to, they feel like when you look at, say, Jordan Addison and his situation, cool, he's getting paid. That's great. That's what NIL is supposed to do. We don't want Justin Ross-like situations. I'll even throw out a guy like Marcus Lattimore, who had a career-ending knee injury, essentially, if NIL is in place there, he makes a lot of money, and, and you you don't have to worry about that. NIL is, in, is instructively good in, a, in all the ways we can see it as being good. So not a bad thing that Jordan Hansen is getting a huge NIL deal. As at least we hope that is what is happening, right? It's not pay-per-play, and I think that's what fans are kind of looking at here. Um, but I also think that, you know, it's not the transfer portal. The one-time sit-out rule for the transfer portal is a bad rule. It straight up is a bad rule. Now, it would definitely stop these kids from transferring, but it would also stop the kids that are not playing, that want to play at a lower level from transferring too. That's not what you inherently want to have. That's not what everything is supposed to be like now. It's not for the betterment of the sport. It's not for the betterment of these players, and it's not for their betterment. So the free transfer quarter movement is a good thing, and – Making sure that they don't have to sit a year, I think, is also a good thing. I don't think that's the path you want to take. So the third party moment is exactly where you have to come out here. And you gotta smack them. You gotta smack the boosters in the collectives. And even from a school like Pitt, right? You know, Pitt has a collective and you don't want Pitt going down and these boosters from Pitt talking to some dude from a smaller school. Like you don't want that happening. We don't want any of this happening. It's tampering without the official name. And soon I think it will be under that umbrella. It's not tampering yet. But the NCAA is going to try and come down on it. And I think for the betterment of the sport. Because fans have to enjoy the product. They have to feel like there's hope. And college football. And the thing about college football is. The talent distribution is already inherently messed up. Right? Because you look at say, Pitt versus a team like Alabama or Georgia or all these different places. And yeah, the entire thing is already inherently just kind of sideways. It's really hard to actually look at college football even without these circumstances and say, yeah, it's actually competitively balanced. It's the same few teams with the same different types of resources and all of that, that compete day in, day out. And these other teams already have such slim hopes. And so when you put schools like this that are already kind of looking at a pretty hopeless scenario of trying to win, you know, more than what they want. I mean, Pitt winning an ACC championship is huge huge Clemson, Florida state, Miami, all these schools that should have grip holds sitting for one year. Like, I mean, that's huge. Felt like the, the people, you know, the grassroots guys almost broke through for a little bit. And so you give these fan bases hope is a dude from, you know, Louisville going to feel like he's going to have a chance to win big time in college football right now. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Colorado feel that way. no, I mean, there, there's just a lot of these schools that don't feel like it. You kind of gotta, you know, even the playing field as much as you can. Again, it's not easy to do that, and in competitive balance of college football is not great. It's not a great spot. It's the same few teams that are going to be in there every year, and that are going to compete overall, and, and that are going to kind of fight to the death now for it. But you can't have this happening now. So what was already so little hope for these fans. Okay, now we're going to come in with these third-party involvers and these boosters and these collectives that are coming in and trying to take your best player and we're going to raid you guys. Like, we understand how wrong that's going to be for these fans and how badly it's going to hurt the sport as a whole. I mean, it really is. So... Honestly, when, when I look at these schools and, and what we got to look at here, and I always come back to it. third party, third party, third party. Like, get the boosters out of this game. Get them out of it before these kids hit the portal. Put them under the same umbrella. Make programs liable to what their boosters do. And that's what the NSA is doing. I think that has to be the natural step here. And I think that's the right thing to do because the fans at some point have to enjoy the sport. It can't just be Alabama and Georgia fans and USC fans and LSU fans and all these other great schools that consistently are winners. It can't be 10 to 15 programs that just love college football. It can't be Ohio State fans every year. The, the thing that makes college football so good is the fact that you feel like at any point anyone can win. And you have this kind of very natural feel to it. As a fan, you cling to that, right? You cling to that hope that maybe one year we can be that team. And it felt like Pitt last year was that team. So to kind of whack-a-mole them like this, I mean, that's going to really hurt the morale of any fan base. It's going to turn a lot of people off. And, And that's what the NCAA can't have happening. But there's a middle ground between players are really happy And they get to move and they get to make money and they get to do all that. And then completely just making things go haywire to where we take the competitive balance that's already not good and completely trash it. And the rest of the fan bases are just like, why do I even root for this? There's like no hope for me. And you got to keep that hope. you got to keep some type of hope for these fans that maybe one day they can get to those greener pastures. That's what every college football fan dreams of that one miracle season. And and I think you got to keep that. And that's why I think these third parties need to be curtailed and need to be put out of this game. They, They need to be put out of this game. You can't have them coming into the programs before the guys even hit the portal. It has to be stopped. It has to be. And that's really what we're looking at here for the betterment of the sport. All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked On Pit podcast. As always, we will be back as well talking a little bit more about the fallout from this, but we'll make sure to talk a little bit about what about other guys on the team? Kanane umfield Jared Wayne, how are they going to fit in? And we're going to talk about all of that as well. So folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to pick.